Let me go ahead. I think that starts the recording. Uh, thank you. I want to see. Uh, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Did I count everybody? No. Wait. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, including me. Fifteen adults. Uh, I will call all the teenagers adults uh, here today. Um, let me pray. God, thank you for this time uh, together. Uh, where we can be with you and be with each other. And Lord, the thing that uh, we want most in the world is to please you and to love you and to love each other and to love and to do all those things well. And so, Lord, I just ask that whatever happens um, with the future of this church, that uh, that, that, would, that would be what we do, that we, um, that we love you, that we love each other, And from that, we are disciples, and we make disciples, and and that we do that however you want us to do that. And I just pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so uh, by this time, most people kind of know um, that some things have changed in our church. Um, Just giving the brief explanation... um, we had a disagreement with some key leaders in the church. Uh, there was some conflict around that. Um, there was some, definitely some miscommunication. Uh, Kara and I made our best attempts to apologize for those things and to work through it, but ultimately uh, that couple decided that they needed to leave the church before we could work through uh, that disagreement. And um, then uh, and then they told their story, which is their right. You know, they get, they get to tell their story. Um, and in the aftermath of that, uh, that kind of stirred some things up. Uh, there was a bit of, um, what you might call a church explosion. So, you know, hurt feelings and questions and those kinds of things. And about three other families, um, who were also in key positions of leadership and just, you know, kind of pillars of the church, um, left. Um, and we're still kind of a little bit in the middle of that. Um, still kind of not sure who's who's in, who's out, where people are landing, what's going on. Uh, some people have seemed to be ghosting, um, s- but might still be around. Uh, it's really hard for us to tell. Um, and so I just kind of want to run through our current situation and kind of talk about how we thought we might respond to this and where we're at uh, as of today. Um, so you can see these are charts of attendance. It's kind of hard to see. Um, this is, oops, uh, this number right here is 40. This number right here is 50. Uh, this is a 60. This is a 40. So, uh, well, actually, you can see this dot right here. This is Easter Sunday on uh, 2021, about a year ago, um, where we met in the park at Phelps Grove. And you can see that was peak attendance over the last two years. Uh, and then, you know, you can see as we kind of got Started again uh, post-COVID. These are the, the fluctuations in attendance. One of the first things we did when we took the church on um, in 2019 is we really looked at this graph, zoomed in at the kind of the numbers where we're at. And you can see when you zoom in, those fluctuations really, really matter. Uh, you know, five to ten people being at church or not really makes it feel a lot different. Um, those are the size dynamics of a small church or a church plant. Um, and that 
that has a profound psychological effect on people who are visiting the church. Um, that that's kind of a signal to people who are coming in of is this is something happening here or not? Um, and uh, and you can see there's a few few like uh, odd dips, especially in 2022. Those were Sundays where we had to set, shut down for uh, COVID. Um, but with the uh, recent um, situation with people leaving, we think that um, we probably can project an average of about uh, 15 adults, which is actually what we have gathered here tonight, um, and about seven uh, little kids. Um, and those would be kids uh, kind of under, under 12. Um, that's kind of what we think the future uh, might look like if, uh, if and when we continue to to gather as a community. This is kind of like what we're looking at. And so you can see uh, last Sunday was probably pretty indicative of what it would look like in the future, um, what we think we can kind of count on uh, in terms of attendance. Giving, uh, kind of before this recent change, before this recent blow-up, um, we were uh, projecting, and it was pretty consistent that we would have about $7,000 of giving that would come into the church uh, from the various families that give um, and, you know, uh, af- projected going forward, just kind of, um, you know, trying to kind of take out who we know is no longer here for sure. Uh, we think that that would be about $4,450 per month. Um, just the basic operational expenses of the church, uh, that's like mortgage, utilities, liability insurance, those kinds of things, coffee, you know, that sort of stuff. You know, coffee is a basic operational expense. Um, and that's this is without uh, this is without my salary. This is without the pastor's salary. Uh, that would be about five thousand four hundred and eleven dollars. So, um, as you can see, uh, functionally, that would be a significant deficit of what's coming in versus what's going out um, for the church. Now, it should be said that we actually have been running on a deficit budget anyway. The deficit budget that we've been running on. Uh, that we decided to take a risk on in April of 2021 uh, was to pay me a salary, to pay me close to uh, what was at the time a first-year teacher's salary in Springfield. That's kind of a good benchmark for uh, pastors that is used throughout Vineyard churches and also lots of other churches. Uh, You know, the work a pastor does and the work a public school teacher does, you can kind of equate those roughly. Um, And so... um, you know, seeing that as a as a benchmark uh, was a pretty good objective measure. Uh, while we were below that, uh, it was possible for our family to uh, to, to go ahead and move forward with that. Um, uh, and so that was that was our budget, uh, which meant that functionally we were spending about eight thousand um, uh, a month, even though uh, seven thousand a month was coming in uh, because Kara and I had been able to. Um, go a few years at a very, very small stipend. We had some savings built up, so we were taking the risk to put full-time effort into the church and um, and be running that deficit. However, if we were to continue to pay um, pastoral salary, um, that would be a significant uh, monthly deficit that we'd be running um, thousands over uh, if we were going to, if we were going to keep doing that. Um, And so, uh, right now, some of the things, so financially, now, um, I'll say more about this in a little bit, but we did just refinance the building, uh, and so we actually have a significant uh, amount of money 
uh, in the bank. In addition to the um, $10,000 that we keep in the operational account at all times, we have another $12,000 in savings. And then we have another about, we've already spent a little bit of it because we had to fix a couple air conditioners and a few other things. Um, and also there was some uh, issues with the, yeah, too many details. Anyway, uh, we've got about 73, 72, 72 I think it's 72,000 uh, in the building fund right now. So that's not a small chunk of change. Uh, and so when Kara and I were initially like looking at the situation, we were saying, well, look, we got, almost, we got a lot of money in the bank, we got a building, we got these things, we got a plan, we could fix the building. Um, if we were to go ahead and go with the repairs that we had planned to use that, uh, that chunk of money in the building fund for, uh, that would probably bring it down to around $20,000, $25,000 in the building fund after we we're able to repair the all the areas where the brick is crumbling on the outside of the building. Um, if left unchecked, that will become a structural issue, and so that is something that needs to be addressed. We had a pretty good plan that we thought we could fix, uh, and then also uh, recoat the roof so that the roof will stop leaking. Um, but that's that's kind of the financial picture. Uh, even with that case, um, you know, even if we were to spend all that money on repairing the building. Uh, we would still have some money that we could operate on for a while, uh, and so this this could go on for some time um, in, in in being able to pay the mortgage at least and um, and maybe even something to the pastors um, however, some of the things that I think we are currently grieving uh, as a loss to our community is um, you know uh, we, the f- the flourishing worship ministry that has been uh, just so near the heartbeat of this church. Um, With one possible exception, um, all the worship leaders have left the church, Um, which means that I would be leading worship every Sunday, maybe with the help of one or two people. Um, uh, And and those people uh, also don't... um, don't really have well one one of those people definitely does not have the bandwidth to uh, really commit um, very regularly. Uh, the other person probably would willingly uh, but that's that's a very small crew of people to um, to make up a worship team and to lead the worship team. Um, one of the things that uh, we're also grieving is just a, a full kids ministry and the start of a youth group you know we uh, with especially with uh, where kids were graduating, um, you know, we, we kind of had the beginnings of, you know, like a, a, f- a few kids that were in junior high, middle school. We were thinking, trying to think creatively about what we could do to kind of really disciple those kids at the place where they're at and, um, and also just like really prepare our kids for middle school. Middle school is insane. Uh, I think it always has been, but um, middle school with cell phones is not a reality that, um, most of the people here, well, I, I guess a few people here have grown up with that, but most of the parents here didn't grow up with that. And um, and so, you know, we were trying to think creatively about what we could do to support kids in that. Uh, one of the things that, you know, we never uh, have tried but wanted to try was uh, we, were, we were working on forming a kid band. Um, but with, um, with who's left, you know, it would be, uh, you know, Kara and my children participating in that. And maybe a couple others, uh, maybe one other or two others. But um, but then the kid band, the idea would be that the kid band would help lead the kids in worship. 
if all the kids are in the band, uh, where's the <laughs> who, who are they who are they leading in worship? Um, you know, it'd be fun to have them play for their parents sometimes. But um, in terms of effective ministry to um, people who are coming into the church, um, that might not be the most effective thing. The other thing we're really grieving is um, a significant loss to the functioning ministry teams, especially kids' ministry and, and worship, uh, were hit pretty hard. Um, and so uh, just looking at, you know, the, the way that we have done kids' ministry uh, is, is effectively broken. Um, and, uh, and, you know, uh, I, I would be on the hook leading worship uh, during prayer ministry, or we would need to, you know, play a play a CD or something during prayer ministry. Um, there are just a lot of implications in terms of who can do what and the need to train people up and to get things going. And so, um, what we're really looking at and what we're really grieving um, as a church, uh, and I think it's, uh, I think we just need to recognize that uh, the church that we have had is is effectively gone right now. Um, what, what we've been able to do on Sunday mornings in a sustainable way, um, or at least a somewhat sustainable way, um, with people serving essentially one out of every three Sundays uh, with our two-on, four-off schedule, um, is no longer doable, um, at least the way that we were doing it. We would have to reduce teams down to single people serving, um, and also just, um, you know, we're really, we were really kind of on the bubble of critical mass before a bunch of people left the church um, in terms of what it takes to do a Sunday morning gathering. And, uh, you know, 10 people can put on a, ser- can put on a service for two people, um, you know, uh, but then people walk in and there's two people in the seats and that's... We know from uh, some experiences of trying to start a church that way that uh, that's, that's actually really awkward and off-putting to people coming into the church. And so Sunday morning would not be the way that uh, the, the church could grow, um, is essentially uh, what that means. And feel free to check on that and see if somebody's there. Um, so if we were going to replant this church or re, reestablish this church or kind of restart this church, that is really the phase that we're looking at right now. Um, it would take not doing Sunday morning for some unspecified length of time uh, until we had critical mass to do a Sunday, ma- a Sunday gathering. Um, and that means, what, what that really means is probably there's no kids ministry. It probably means uh, we would be doing childcare would probably be something that we might be able to pull off, um, or at least severely limited kids ministry, with not a lot of kids and maybe one one volunteer running that. Um, uh, the other thing that it takes to replant is really a laser focus on prayer and evangelism. Um, you know, prayer is something that has happened in waves, and a focus on that has been something that um, we have been able to do, and, and there have been times when our church has been really fired up and excited and, and, and engaged in prayer, doing 24-hour prayer nights, and, you know, there have been little prayer revivals that have happened in our church throughout the years, and that's that's really good. Um, you know, attendance at the, um, at the, at the Zoom prayer meeting 
on Sunday night. It could just be a timing issue, but that's been that's been pretty minimal. Uh, it's been me and one or two other people. Um, you know, Echo Prayer app. People seem to be seem to have been using that, and that's good. Um, and I think that uh, generally we are a praying church. We value prayer, um, and that's good. But that would need to intensify uh, if we were going to really see growth. Um, we would need to see like fervent prayer uh, as a community, and probably meeting together to pray and you know, kind of Pentecostal prayer meeting kind of things. Um, Regular times of prayer on Zoom, like churches don't gain traction without prayer, and we would probably need to pray uh, and pray in community in a more intense way than we currently have been and are doing. And then uh, a focus on evangelism has been, I think, something that our church has been struggling with for some time. I think that... um, Maybe we struggle with uh, you know, to articulate the gospel in a clear way that gives people the choice set before them, uh, set, you know, the choice to follow Jesus. Uh, I think we need training and equipping in order to get better at this, and we've been talking about that in the small group. Um, we've had, uh, especially over these last few weeks, like we've had some really good conversations about what that actually looks like when it's put into practice and how that can be good and healthy and flows from the heart and from a from an honest place and not this kind of like weird salesy pressure um, thing. Uh, but there would need to be a real move of the Holy Spirit to um, to invigorate us to be all about that like all the time. <laughs> like that would be that would need to be like what we are hoping will happen every single day um, with a with a laser focus. Um, and um, I, I'm, I'm totally willing for God to do that to me and to all of us, and I want that. Um, there would need to be a really high commitment to this church community and to the mission of making disciples. I do think that um, we have a lot of commitment, and there has been a lot of commitment in this church uh, of people over many years, and, and, and I, I see a lot of commitment of people coming in and there's always excitement, especially when people join the church. Um, but uh, making disciples is kind of tough because um, you do get rejected. Um, following Jesus um, actually is it's kind of hard. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and it's easier to do that when you have a lot of um, people around you encouraging you. And uh, we, we probably need to get a little more self-sustaining uh, as individual disciples um, and really really make that our main business. Um, that like every day when we're going to work, like work is really secondary. Um, and we're, we're really seeing like our opportunity in our employment environment to uh, be like the mission field that we are excited to... Um, share the gospel with people and really invite them into a discipleship relationship with Jesus that when we're going to hang out wherever we go to hang out, uh, we would, we would have our, our goggles on looking at this situation, not just for what fun can I get out of this, um, environment or what, what, what kind of peace or rest or enjoyment can I take from this experience, but really, uh, coming in with a lot of excitement and a lot of focus that flows from a heart, of really wanting to see people coming to Christ. Um, and 
you know, really the thing that, oh, that line kind of landed up weird there. Well, the, the, thing that, um, the thing that I think the biggest culture shift that would happen uh, would be that coming to receive would, would not be the priority uh, of, our, of our gatherings and of our activities as a church, but um, outreach would be like the main thing that we are doing. Now, of course, we would pray for each other. Of course, we would want to support each other. Of course, everybody's going to have their own things going on in their life that they're going to need the love and support of a caring Christian community. Of course, we would be wanting to take care of each other and, and love each other. But, um, but you know, like um, the, the deconstructing faith and planting a church, these are really kind of antithetical. Um, you know, we would, we would need to be at a place where we are at a healthy enough internally and spiritually to really, um, to really just be all about the business of making disciples. And that is really what we're doing. Um, and, and that being super important. Uh, in our particular case, I think we probably would need to think about rebrand. I, I, I don't really think it's, it would be an option. I think we would need to rebrand the church. I think we would need to um, change the website, change our logo, change our name, uh, just to send the signal to people that something different than what has existed is happening. Um, and that would take a little bit of planning and effort. That's kind of minor, um, but, but I think that that is probably what it would take. Here's what I think we have, and I, I'm sorry that this might seem a little bleak, um, but I just want to kind of make it clear why we're kind of planning for what we're planning for. Um, what we have, you know, we, we have some exhausted families in varying degrees of crisis. That's really kind of what I think is the flavor of um, much of the people who are gathered here. There's a lot of people who are kind of tired and who have really tried um, with this church for years, decades. Um, and uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of people worn out. Uh, we have kids who have needs. You know, we've got, we've got a couple of toddlers. Uh, we've got about four or five, uh, like, elementary school kids, and we've got a junior high kid with uh, basically no peers. Um, we had a few high schoolers maybe coming in. Um, but uh, but those kids have needs, and um, in terms of a community of um, people that they can kind of relate to and do life and the friendships and kind of things that they can uh, have, um, that, that would be really challenging. That will be hard. Um, we have a building, uh, which is in a pretty cool spot, and especially with stuff that seems to be happening downtown. Um, could be really great. Could be a really great location. Uh, it's kind of like our building is getting moved uh, with, the, uh, with, with the way that downtown is changing around our building. Uh, how long that will take and when that will actually arrive, I think it's still a bit of a question. It's kind of in process right now. Like the Hotel of Terror has done its last season. They're going to change that into a big, beautiful park that's going to come up almost right next to our doorstep. Um, and we, we've kind of been holding out hope for, um, for our location being good in that spot. Uh, however, you know, like we're trying to do art shows here and uh, you can see the rags. Uh, you know, that's why we were refinancing the building to get the building fixed because like uh, we got some leaks and we got some stuff that we need to deal with with the building. Um, 
We also have a decade-long, uh, essentially, what's a, a decade-long trend of decline in attendance. Um, we, over the last seven years, we've seen a little bit of growth, but then it kind of comes back down, and we've seen, you know, three or four people join the church, and three or four people leave the church, and three or four people come and go, and um, visitors come, they come for a little while, we get excited, it's great, they feel welcome, they feel loved, and many people don't stay, and that's, that's normal, that's normal for churches, um, but when we're 30 adults or 15 adults, we feel that intensely, um, and I think that most of the people who have been here for longer than a year or two uh, really feel that in a, um, a kind of visceral way. Uh, which adds to the adds to the exhaustion and adds to the difficulty. Um, you know, Kara and I are we got some stuff. We're like we're no schmoes. Like we know some things. Like we can preach. We we're pretty good at. One of us is hilarious. <laughs> exactly, one of us. It's really funny, uh, and the other like drones on and on about all the bad things. Um, but, uh, you know, like just being kind of brutally honest about what we've been able to demonstrate, I don't have like a really remarkable track record of evangelism or being able to multiply small groups. You know, uh, I've, I've been able to kind of get a few small group leaders going and a few things started, but, but seeing, a, seeing a small group kind of grow to 20 or 30 people and then splitting that into two and seeing those kind of grow and then split, like uh, that is not something that... Um, we either of us really to pull off, um, and and I haven't led a whole bunch of people to Jesus. Like I'm not out just meeting people everywhere and seeing that happen, um, and not for not for lack of effort, um, and not for lack of effort in trying to get us all moving on the same page as a church body. You know, I think uh, a couple positive things that we really do have that are real strengths. We do have what I think is a really healthy model of Holy Spirit-empowered prayer ministry. Uh, and, you know, we've seen, some, we've seen some healing happen recently on Sunday morning, which is really awesome. Uh, like kind of two stories uh, in recent months of just really energized and inspired uh, me personally just to see that taking place. And, um, you know, we... we People, people regularly participate in that and, and benefit from the emotional help of that. I think it is, I think it is the, the heartbeat of our church is that we are learning how to partner with God and praying for the Holy Spirit and really demonstrating the kingdom in the ways that we read about in Scripture. And that is really a strength that we have in this church, um, and it is something that is unique. Uh, I, it is one of the main reasons... Uh, we have really fought so hard and thrown our lives into this. And then we do have uh, money in the bank with the refinance. Uh, as I kind of mentioned before, we do have some assets on hand that could help us go for a, a little while um, until we run out of money. Um, but what we think is next, um, and I've kind of talked to, I'm pretty sure everybody in this room kind of already knows, um, we just we just don't see how um, we can do what's needed. We don't see how we can do what's going to be required as a community to move forward. Now, I, I could be wrong about that. We could be wrong about it. Maybe we've totally misread the situation. Maybe we're 
Maybe we're just wrong. Um, but I think the the grind of what's ahead and just meeting in a small group of people, not having the rhythm of Sunday morning, not having the rhythm of, uh, you know, being able to come and receive in a way that is um, accessible to everybody, uh, I, I think that will be really difficult, and I'm just not sure that we have it. I'm not sure that we, we, we can't see the way forward, I think is my... It's our confession to you this morning, or whatever time of day this is. Like we just, we we can't see how we would be able to rally. Um, and I I I am so sad to say that out loud. I don't I don't say that lightly. And I know, especially the people who are recently joining the church, that this has been a, light, a, a source of life. This church has been a source of life for me. It's been uh, a place where I've really experienced a lot of healing, a lot of health, a lot of hope. The gospel has been ministered to me, and I I hope I've been able to participate in ministering to the gospel to other people. And I want with every fiber in my being for that to continue. (laughs) And I also just don't know... Uh, that we can guarantee that it can continue. And I don't want to lie about that to anyone. I don't want to tell you that if we just meet for a couple months as a small group and pray, that then we'll be able to move forward. And I don't want anyone uh, to stay because they care about us or they love us or, or something like that. Uh, we we really would need God to do a miracle, um, like a leg-growing miracle, um, for this for this church to uh, to be able to turn around at this point. And maybe if we meet as a small, you know, I want to leave. I, I I hesitate on what to say because I don't want to I don't want to create any kind of false hope. I can't. I just, we just can't guarantee that this is going to work. And it, it feels like we're lying about the truth uh, if we say that if you follow us, it will. Um, like, I just don't, we just don't have it. Um, we don't have the clear picture of the vision of what it looks like going forward. And that's, uh, that's been hard to say out loud, and I'm uh, frankly disappointed in myself and a lot of, a lot of ways frustrated and just grieving. And so... Um, here's what we think happens next. We'll have, uh, we'll have a Sunday on Sunday morning. We'll meet publicly. We'll be open on Sunday morning. Um, we'll, uh, tonight we probably need to figure out who's going to do which jobs um, in order to make that happen. We'll probably have one Sunday left in us. Um, but, uh, but then after that, uh, we're, we're not meeting publicly on Sunday morning um, for... For at least for at least a while, and maybe never. Um, I, th- I right now it kind of looks like never. Um, and uh, I think what we need as a church, uh, what we have needed, and what we had planned to do, and what we were hoping to kind of be able to do in a more kind of sustainable way that 
that would have been good for everybody moving forward is uh, to work through this emotionally healthy spirituality course. This is something that is kind of it's kind of a prepackaged deal, but it's it's actually just like really good stuff. Um, I would describe it. Now I'm, I know some people get triggered by the political implications of this, but it's sort of like Financial Peace University. Like you know, it's kind of like an in the box like videos, exercises, that sort of thing. Uh, you know. Uh, some of us were helped by that years ago. We haven't run that in a long time ago, and I'm not saying that like I agree with all of Dave Ramsey's politics in saying this, but um, but it's sort of like that for feelings um, is how I would describe it. It's kind of that level of intensity and and usefulness, um, and uh, and just like mental and emotional health. And so, what we think the way. Uh, forward for this group of people and whoever would want to participate with no, absolutely no obligation uh, would be to to go through that with us. Kara and I want to do that kind of for our own sake, um, just to learn and grow and get healthy and uh, really connect with God in a deep way. And uh, we would like to extend that and make that available to other people. We would probably start doing that on a on a not Sunday morning time here at the building kind of midweek uh, sometimes. Um, the reason that we would want to do that and do that then is uh, we want people to uh, feel free and, and allow people to visit other churches on Sunday morning. You know, there are a lot of, there are a lot of churches in Springfield. I don't think any of them are quite like this, but, but there are good churches here. There are good, healthy churches that have thriving youth groups, thriving youth ministry, um, that do Holy Spirit prayer. I mean, we're not the only church in town that does Holy Spirit prayer, um, that care about justice, that care about the poor. Probably none in quite the same mix as we have, and uh, there's something to loss here, but we want people to feel free to be able to explore that and explore what discipleship with Jesus would look like in other communities. Um, it also allows us a space for people to grieve uh, as a church community. You know, we... Uh, if this is the end, and Kara and I right now think it is, uh, and I'm sorry to say that, um, but we we can kind of grieve that together, and we can pray for each other, and we can care for one another in this sad tradition, in this uh, sad transition, and the and just mourn the church together. Uh, it also allows us to level up in our communication and emotional health. You know, the stuff that we'll be learning as we go through this course can kind of help us work through some things and really uh, help us. Um, connect with each other well and, and take care of each other uh, as we go together. Um, and it also gives us the opportunity for God to speak. You know, if if we kind of go through this and we kind of are really applying these lessons that we're learning and we're getting healthy and we're, we're learning from God and we're growing together as a community, and then God speaks into that with clear vision. And when I say vision, I'm not just saying like a hope that we want really bad, but like Here's how to go about it. Here's what to do. Here's the way forward. Uh, then we want God to do a miracle. Like, I would love for God to resurrect this. I would love that more than anything in the world. Um, and I also just can't, I can't promise that, and I can't pretend that, um, that we see that happening. I, I just don't want to give anybody a false hope. I want God to speak to us. I want God to lead us. And uh, I'm, I'm really open to being wrong, uh, but that's, that's kind of how we see it, and that's, that's what we think uh, 
And that kind of gives us a gentle way to care for one another and love each other and have some sort of fellowship. It might create the seed from which another vineyard church would start or from which we just, you know, are able to move on and become part of other churches or maybe all one church or, you know, who knows what God will do. Um, But that's kind of what we see uh, as going forward. Um, I would love to try to get um, I don't think there's a real practical way for me to record conversation um, after the fact so I just want to kind of go ahead and end the recording here and say um, 